I'm Josh Cooperman, and this is Convo by Design. After 10 years doing this show, I am still happy to say that I love doing this. If I'm being completely honest, it's not because I'm surprised and delighted by the design. I, I am, but that's not why. I have grown accustomed to seeing extraordinary design and architecture, spectacular new products, amazingly talented creatives doing the work, but it's the people and their stories that keep me in a childlike state of wonder. That's why I continue to love doing the show the way that I do, and today's episode is no different. This is part of a new series called American Made by Hand, and it features a friend, Brad Glock, who turns wood into exquisite pieces of Americana, of art, really. And you're about to hear his story. So I met Brad while learning to turn myself, something I have wanted to do for a very long time. After moving to Oklahoma to work on the design house, I had the chance to do that, and Brad was one of the instructors. Turning is like any other passion or endeavor. You have to love doing it, and the skill and art follow, as is the case with Brad. His work is simply amazing. As always, you can check out the show notes for links, and you will find, you'll find Brad's work there. But what is to follow here on the podcast is my conversation with Brad as part of a new series I'm starting, as mentioned, called American Made by Hand. As the best designers know, if you're accessorizing, clients want the story, the provenance, an understanding of the meaning behind products and materials they are bringing into their homes. Products and materials that they are bringing in made in America by, by American artists is something that has, be, that has, there's been a resurgence. And I, I'm thrilled to introduce you to Brad. And Brad is an artist and a craftsman. Years ago, you might remember, um, me speaking with Rosa Blue chef and restaurateur Steve Sampson, who explained that he was a craftsman, not an artist. And, and I, I pressed him on it. He, he explained he could make something you've eaten before in Northern Italy, and it would taste exactly as you remembered it, like your grandmother's grandmother made it. But he doesn't create new work. At the time, it took me, I had to wrap my brain around that a little bit, and that left an indelible mark on me. A desire not to create, but to recreate with exactness. It's amazing. But Brad is an artist and a craftsman. He innovates using wood, a lathe, and other items as they materialize. But he can also make something exact and specific because he has got a firm skill uh, on what he does and a firm, a firm grasp, rather, on the skills that he possesses. So I had an idea. I asked Brad to work with me to create a custom tableware set for the Tulsa Remote Design Project as we were as we were working on the dining room, which was a which was a joint editorial effort. We ideated, designed it, and he turned it. Now I will tell you, I did sand a little bit though, and and I have a scar actually. <laughs> I do. I have a scar to prove it. That is a story for another day, but. Today we're going to talk about we're going to I'm going to I'm going to introduce you to Brad. I consider Brad a friend and I am thrilled truly to share his story with you. This is Brad Glock on Convo by Designs American Made by Hand. I am incredibly proud 
of Convo by Design in year 10, and I'm equally proud of my partnership with Thermosol. They've been presenting partners of Convo by Design for three years now, and there is a certain amount of pride that comes with saying that the show is presented by the company that is the best in the world at what they do. Thermosol engineers the most exceptional smart shower products and steam shower systems worldwide for a few reasons. They were the first company to design patent the technology here in the U.S. dating back to 1958. Thermosol, a U.S. brand, a U.S. manufacturer in Round Rock, Texas, employs an engineering team that designs, tests, and continuously refines the product. Their quality control team tests every single steam generator before it departs the factory. Who else does that? Nobody. I have had the pleasure of working with some world-class designers and architects who tell me And you probably know this, that the idea of luxury has changed and continues to change, especially when clients want a spa-like bathroom. Steam is mandatory. Or it's just not considered a a, a luxury space. And if you want to add steam, you have one true option. It's Thermosol. And now, Thermosol, the industry leader in steam, bath equipment, and technology since 1958, is enhancing their already stellar family of products with new indoor and outdoor luxury saunas. Available in three design configurations, each sauna is handcrafted from clear western red cedar or Nordic spruce, inspired by the brilliance of northern European sauna technology and design. A luxury bathroom isn't luxury without steam. If you want luxury, you have one option. It's Thermosol. Check them out at thermosol.com and at thermosol on the socials. I, it's funny too because when I was here last time, I've already got the the name and the in, the introduction, and I'll, I'll I've already rolled that in, so everyone already knows who you are. Back again, we're so you and I met. I moved to Tulsa mm-hmm. for part of this design house project, and we started working together. I've always wanted to learn how to turn wood, yeah, and so I joined the club. And we, we met and we were working on my first bowl. Okay, yeah. Which I absolutely loved. And since then, you know, we've sort of gotten to know each other. And I thought it would be really nice to have something that is handmade in this design house. Because we're in Tulsa. We're in yeah. a, you know, a, a home that was built in 1936. So I thought it would be interesting. And it sort of like led me down this rabbit hole in talking to you about the stories. You didn't start... As a as an artisan from no. from a young age, you know, no. Why? Why? What made you want to do this? Well, <clears throat> so growing up, my sister <clears throat> is insanely talented uh, from an artistic perspective, um, and I always wanted to be artistic. But my eye hand coordination, the the the, the fine motor skills that I. I, I Typically, we, we attribute to young girls that they learn. You know, they do table play when they're growing up. Um, my handwriting is uh, all but illegible, right? I mean, it's, 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 it's awful. Um, so, you know, I, probably from a creative perspective, um, I didn't really have a very good outlet uh, for that. I'm not musical. Uh, I tried to take some lessons, and, but... Um, you know, had to learn how to play the piano, and my when I was doing that, I was younger, and my hands were even smaller than they currently are, and I couldn't reach a full octave. I don't even think I still can, and so therefore that was kind of out the door, you know, because I couldn't play a, the piano, and so I really didn't have a very good creative outlet, and so woodworking uh, was kind of one of those things that I picked up, and, and when I say woodworking, I'm talking about flat woodworking. Um, 
but no, I didn't start out as as an artist, and I don't know that personally I would even classify myself as an artist even today. Um, I would classify myself more in the maker community, and I and 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 you, I can just look at you and I can tell you you disagree with that statement when you when you look at and and there are a lot of people who I've said that to, and they say the same thing. They say no, no, you're. You're really an artist, but but to me, um, it doesn't it doesn't feel like when my daughter will take a canvas and start with nothing, and when she's done, you look like you could reach into it and touch the people that are there. That doesn't yeah feel like okay what yeah I, do. I I get what you're saying, but at the same time, you are creating something from a from a, a, a chunk of wood. Yeah, you know, and I you know I would I would differentiate it this way, which by the way. This is one of the reasons why I'm starting this new series for Convo by Design called mm-hmm. Handmade, you know, American Made by Hand. It really is interesting to me. So I, I had a chance to sit down with a, a, a friend of mine who is a chef in L.A. Mm-hmm. at an amazing restaurant, Rosa Blue, which he makes. It's northern Italian cooking. And he said something really interesting to me. Um, he said, I'm a craftsman, not an artisan. And I had to ask him what that meant. Yeah. to him. And he said, I'm not creating anything new. I'm taking what my grandparents made for me during the summers when I would go from LA to Italy and yeah. spend the summers with them. And I would recreate it. I'm not trying to change it. I'm not trying to modify it. I am trying to make the best version of that that yeah. I possibly can. So in, in that sense, I'm not, I'm, not an, I'm not an artisan. I'm a craftsman. Now he also has super fine foods, I think super fine pizza where, you know, he's trying some new things out there. So maybe, sure. you know, then you can be sort of a food artisan. I think that there's a difference, but I think with you, I think you're most certainly an artisan, uh, you know, are you a fine artist? I don't, I don't think woodworking and fine art, maybe, maybe they're related more, more of, you know, vessels are utilitarian. So are they still art? I guess that's the debate yeah. we could have. No, I think, I think there, and, and there are, there are actually artistic things that when you, when you are creating a vessel that, or a, or a plate or a bowl or a whatever that, um, you know, to the, to the, to the untrained eye, you're not going to know why. And I know Josh, you'd be able to look at it and you'd be able to t- say, well, I don't like it. And I, for this reason, or I do like it for this reason. But the vast majority of people look at it and they go, I like it or I don't. Okay. Um, and there are, there, there's a process that you have to go through to, to learn, well, wait a second, there's, there's a reason why people do or don't like something, right? And, and I will, um, you know, in the bowl class that you took from us, right? We'll get people who are in there, and they'll make a bowl, and technically it's a bowl, but but it's but it's their first bowl, all right. Let's let's be kind, right? I mean, it's their first bowl, and 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 they don't have; they're just still trying to get the mechanics of how to actually make a bowl, and they haven't gotten to the point where they're like, well, wait a second, it needs to be pleasing to hold, it needs to be pleasing to look at, it needs because you know, as pretty as the wood is today. Um, you know, ten years from now, twenty years from now, it's the 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 wood will kind of lose its um, interest because the grain will sort of I don't know how to put it exactly, but it just you just can't see the detail. In it, it blends. Yeah, it blends. And so now, what you're talking about is what do you have left? 
right? You have you have the shape, and you have the way it feels when you pick it up, and you have and and there there's definitely um, an art to that, and there are times when you have to sit down and go, you know what, this this bowl that I just made is needs to be burned because it's just not pleasing in any way, shape, or form, and that's because you didn't. You didn't pay attention to those some some of the most important rules associated. With well, and it's interesting because I challenged you on this project for the design house to say, how can we come up with something that is both different and unique, and will stand the test of time? And you're like, oh yeah, I know exactly what we're going to do. So it's a it's a spalted pecan. Yeah. That was um, kiln dried. Yes. And it's native to Oklahoma. Yep. Came came from from a local tree, and you know here's what's interesting about it is is if you want anything, you could say okay, I want a I want a wood bowl, I want a wood plate, I want a vessel, I want a, a vase, I want a whatever, a goblet that's wood. Yeah, you can find it on Amazon. Sure. What you can't find is the originality and the handmade and the story behind it. And at the end of the day, if if you just want a plate. Yeah, to eat something off of, throw it in the dishwasher, put it on a shelf, go to rinse, Walmart, rinse, repeat, repeat. Yeah, yeah. You can you can go to Walmart, you can go to Amazon, you can get that. But when a collector is looking for something, is looking for a vase, they're not looking for something where they can just put a flower in it and put it on the on the on the shelf or put it on the on the counter. Right. There's a story behind it, and I think what's so interesting about what you do is there's a relationship with the wood. There's mm-hmm. a relationship with the product because the original product, it's going to change. Yeah. It absolutely does. I mean, it's a, I mean, I mean, wood itself, right? Every tree is unique and you're going to run into knot holes. You're going to run into grain that goes a different way for whatever reason. Um, you can, you can certainly find consistent wood, but um, what's fun, like this piece of pecan that we got for yours, you know, and the reason we went and got kiln dried wood is just because of the time frame you were on. But um, it was a tree that was taken down by a local uh, tree company, and the reason why they took it down was, you know, either the tree was dying or the or the or the or it had to come down for another reason. They it was not harvested to make this project with. Um, it was rescued, as the way I like to put it, from being burnt. Um, a lot of the wood, almost exclusively, that I get is from, well, it's, it's from Oklahoma for the most part. There's an occasional thing where I'll buy a special piece out of California or someplace like that. But, um, but you know, it's, it's wood that most likely um, somebody was going to, you know, saw it up and chop it up into into pieces and put it in their fireplace uh, over the winter time and and if we can make something pretty out of it instead um, you know that's that's it's kind of fun but so anyway this piece that we went after even though we bought kiln dried wood um, you're right most of what I do is not uh, it's it's wood that I run into because somebody had to take a tree down in their front yard or something. You are listening to my conversation with artist and woodturner Brad Glock. We'll be right back. We are living at a time of incredible growth, both technologically and creatively, with respect to interior design, exterior design, and architecture. There is no question. There are companies 
thinking differently about the business of design and how to make products super serve those for whom they're being made. One of those companies, and one of my favorites, is Moya Living, designer and fabricators of some of the most stunningly beautiful, incredibly durable, and highly functional kitchen, bath, and outdoor kitchen cabinetry on the market today. Powder-coated steel with stunning lines, vibrant colors, to fit any design style or aesthetic. A history of designing cabinetry for the scientific community, so you know it's been tested in some of the truly the most harsh conditions available. Moya O'Neill is the CEO and founder of Moya Living. She's the inspiration behind the design. Designers, their specification process is so simple, it will make your job so much easier. Check them out online through the socials at Moya Living, their website, moyaliving.com, and in the real world, their live kitchen showroom in Fountain Valley, California. Convo by Design is more than just a podcast. I'm not sure if you know that. I have spent the past 10 years building a production company and consulting firm that develops brand ambassador programs, CEUs, live event programming, as well as branded content for companies in the design and architecture industry, including designers, architects, furnishing companies, showrooms, and others in the trade. We have content producer talent in every region of the country and can help you grow your design business through brand development campaigns, social media, and CEU content development and production, as well as content consulting and live event programming to help you build strong and meaningful partnerships that will help you grow and strengthen your design business. For more information, message me at Convo by Design with an X on Instagram or email me Convo by design at outlook.com c-o-n-v-o-b-y-d-e-s-i-g-n at outlook.com and and many of the projects that you've worked on you know you've been the equivalent of a an interior designer or an architect <laughs> in ad or el decor or lux or or some other trade you know trade publication you've been published your work's been published and you got two covers which was interesting back to back when you're telling me that story tell tell me again cuz i i just so, so there's a, there's a there's a website called um world of wood turners and it was kind of social media for wood turners before social media was a thing um i don't know how long they've been going on but i've been a member of them for a long time and but i've never posted anything because i never felt like anything i did was really uh worthy um, and then I kind of lost track because Facebook was around, right? And Instagram and any, name it, any other way you want to promote your work or you just want to show it off. It's available. And I'd kind of forgotten about what, World of Woodturners. But what they do is it's literally um, you have to belong to it to post a picture of your work. And then you, you know, there's hundreds of pictures that are posted every week um, and every day of the week. Somebody, and these are people who are in the wood turning community. Um, they they sort of curate that, right? And and every day they pick somebody's work to be on the cover of their website. And what's really interesting about that is there are people who have gone their entire career and they post things, hundreds of things out there, and this, and they never get the cover. Uh, every single person that I know that's a serious wood turner, if they get the cover. They splash it all over every social media, every place that they they have a social media account because it's so exciting. And the very first thing I posted for them, um, they chose as their cover. And I thought, wow, 
talk about getting lucky, right? The first thing you ever post, I'm, that's never going to happen again. And literally a week later, they chose a, another piece that I had uh, posted. And they were just, you know, I mean, they're, they're very interesting pieces to me from a wood-turning perspective. They have, they have a very interesting shape, and they, they, I did things to them that, are, um, that, that look very organic to me. Uh, and yet, um, I'm still very surprised and honored uh, that I've gotten that twice. I haven't actually tried again uh, just because uh, I, I'm uh, currently working uh, outside of wood turning. <laughs> And it's hard to uh, have time to create a lot of things uh, and also go to a job 60 hours a week. So, and, and I think it's interesting, too, because, you know, for, for the most part, you get to choose the medium in which you work. Yeah. I mean, you can there's so many different things you can do with wood to mm. turn it, which which makes which makes it part of part of the art. And I think, too, going back to natural products has also become so popular lately. But at the same time, people want domestic. They want it made by hand. Yeah. They want it <clears throat> They want it made by people they know or can follow so that they can tell people, I know where this came from. Yeah. And I know where, for the most part, every piece of wood, um, you know, when I, when I give it to somebody or when I sell it to somebody, I can tell them, I know where this tree came from and I know the story behind it. And... And that makes it even more interesting for them. But it also, you know, again, back to the whole rescuing of the tree, right? If you've got a tree that was going to be burned or or just thrown in a trash heap somewhere, um, you know, it's wonderful to be able to say, hey, you know, this was growing in this person's front yard for 50, 60 years. And um, they un- didn't want to take it down, right? This was not, you know, but it had to come down for a reason. Um, typically a lot of the wood that I get has a lot of bug holes in it because they've been attacked by some sort of a bug and that's why the, the tree companies are coming in to take them down. But uh, you, you, you say I, I, I get the op- option to work in, 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 in this natural product, which is wood, and you're right. I mean, there's a lot of things that you you could do with it, right? I guess for – can you – can you you know turn you take a chunk this one big chunk and you turn that into something but there are other people who take wood that is you know thinner and they'll cut it apart and they'll reglue it together and they'll and they'll put that together that's not my particular um, desire as the most part for the most part but um, I've done it um, but yeah there's a lot of opportunities to to go whichever direction you want with this um, but it was interesting as I you know I was telling you about my buddy who. You know, has that open segmented egg that he makes. Well, he makes a lot of a lot of things that are segmented, but you know, he will tell you that form is king, even in his work. Even though he uses different colored pieces of woods and, and he makes beautiful designs. I mean, his stuff looks like a Faberge egg, um, but it's out of wood. Um, he, you know, he'll tell you that if without the form, then the piece is is, is junk, because one day the wood's all going to look about the same color. And all you have left is what it feels like when you pick it up, or when you, or when you're looking at it, uh, the shape that it has. So, I'm not sure I took where you were going with that question, but the the form, the the wood is, is in and of itself. It's a lot of fun to play with, just because it's it's uh, I don't know, rescued. 
for lack of a better way to put what it. Are, what is your style? What are some of the things that you prefer? So my, my absolute favorite thing to make um, is a hollow form. Uh, and uh, from a hollow, and what I mean by a hollow form is literally, um, it, it's almost globe shaped. But I mean, it, it can have it can have any kind of form. A hollow form could be defined as a vase, right? It's a deep hollow vase. But um, you know, when you're when you're thinking about people who make that out of clay, as an example, um, that is a fairly easy. Um, process to understand, right, for lack of a better way to put it. Um, you build it from the bottom up. But when you're talking about a piece of wood, right, you, you're starting with it and it's, it's, it's already there. The, the, the vase is there. You just got to cut away what isn't the vase. And that there are technical challenges associated with that when something is 18 inches deep and you're trying to get a tool down inside and you've got a three-horsepower motor spinning that thing around and you're trying to dig that wood out. That is way different than you've got it on a, a, a pottery wheel and you're starting and you're, you've are you got all the clay down at the bottom and you make the bottom when the bottom is right there in your hands. And then when you're six inches up, you're making the part that's six inches up, but the clay is in your hands at six inches. It's not It's not two feet tall and you're reaching down in to create it. And you say, oh, how do you know this, Brad? Well, I have a pottery wheel, too. I'm not very good at it yet, but I'm trying. Um, segmented wood, right, is like that. You build it from the bottom up. And so the the kinds of things that I like to make, I like to make hollow forms first and foremost just because it's technically challenging. Um, I think they're beautiful to look at. Um, I think that if you use... If you if you pay attention to the form, it's something that's going to look beautiful for a long period of time. The the problem, the one thing I don't like about hollow forms is they're generally not very useful. So, as an example, the plates that we're making for your design house, they are very useful. Um, they're a design that uh, we worked on it together, but they're a design that I would not have chosen by myself because, as you said, this is you know form following function and yet it's funny that I look in my my cabinet here and I've got plates that I got when I got married 33 years ago and they're very very similar they have a they they're very flat and then they have a nice edge to them and, and yet I still have them in my in my cabinet and and for reference for reference the challenge was to go with something that was a Bauhaus style Something from the from the school of Bauhaus that was that was very obviously very functional, extremely utilitarian, but turns out also very very high style. It's not. It's what I love about this too is the artistry is really in the fact that you can't make two that are exactly the same. It's not possible. Because the wood grain is right. different by by piece of wood that you have, the amount of of reconstruction, you know, due to Mother Nature taking a chunk out here or yeah. a, a, a beetle taking a chunk out there, yeah. but you have to figure it out, and that therein too lies some of the artistry in this, and that's why I'm so excited about this. When you say this is not a style I would have chosen. I I really love that because I when and when you see this when you see the images 
what I told Brad is I, I showed him some images of a of a Bauhaus style and said, but I, I'd like these plates to to function this way. That was not what what's there was not my idea. Oh, that's what you came up with. <laughs> and I love that. And there were, and there were certain funny. <laughs> and so that's what I think is so interesting about the interpretation. It's the same to me as when some, somebody commissions a work, yeah. commissions a piece from an artist, and they say, here's what I'd like it to be. And the artist, in this case, thinks that it was my idea. That wasn't my idea. That is ex- mm. that, that what actually happened is the artistry fit my idea. And, and that's, kind yeah. of, that's kind of where it comes from. That's, that's what you bring. Well, I think they're cool looking, to be honest with you. I mean, you know, and, and like I said, you know, I wouldn't have, in my mind, I wouldn't have set out to, to design them the way that we did. But they're, you know, w- once you get them finished and sanded and everything else and you just look at them, they're just, they're going to be gorgeous on, I know I've seen a, a, enough of what you've done so far uh, that I know that they're going to be gorgeous as part of what you are doing um and you might i mean you will um the average individual may walk in and just say well those are some nice wooden plates but i know that they are going to fit very well in in a very upscale um build that you're doing i mean it's i think what you're doing is just fantastic so thank you Thank you. I, I appreciate that. But I, but I think it's fantastic. And I appreciate that. I will take that. I agree with you. Um, but it's fantastic because of the people that I'm working with, you know, yeah. whether it's John McClain in L.A. or Gail Davis in New Jersey, the designers that are working on these spaces and this particular space was a collective. This is more of an idea space. Mm-hmm. And um, it's really it's revolving around the pieces and it's revolving around the artisans that are that are involved and which is why you know i can't think of anyone else that i would have wanted to to contribute to this because i think i think what you're doing is great it's fun to watch but what's also fun is to sort of watch the the wheels turn yeah no pun intended but to to actually watch your process through this you know when i got here today to bartlesville you had you know you had 10 questions for me yeah what do we do with this what do we do with that what do you want to do with this and i think that is you know, honestly, that is part of the artistry question that I I think gets lost in translation sometimes. I feel like many people will think when it comes to art, fine art, paintings on the wall, sculptures mm-hmm. on the tables, you know, people will say, or, or a sofa in a living room that a, that a, a famous brand created, mm-hmm. that, that there can't be, with a fine artist that there can't be give and take or some some influence. I think what good artisans do is they look at the people for whom they're crafting Mm -hmm. and they say, what would that person like? And then try to put themselves psychologically in their head, which is where your questions came from. Well, I mean, if you think about it, the roof of the Sistine Chapel was commissioned, wasn't it? I mean, and that, I think most people would call that art. Absolutely. (laughs) lack of a better way to put it oh well anyway. no so so i love that and so it's funny too because um just since you and i have gotten to know each other i've i've watched your operation build and we've talked about new lathes and and the, <laughs> the machine shop and the wood shop and the, all of the things i th- i think it's really interesting do you find that 
the more you get into this, the more you, you realize you don't know and you, you want to start learning more about it? Um, yeah, well, so 16 years into it, right? So it's been doing it for a little while. Um, most of the things that I look at that, that other woodturners create, I can tell you, oh, I know probably how they did that. Um, there are a few out there that have some pretty, pretty cool things that they do that you've got to really think about. So from that perspective, um, maybe not. But what is more interesting to me is just the breadth of what you can do with it, right? So, so I'm a, if if you will, this started out as a hobby, um, something to do to keep me from driving my wife crazy. To be honest with you, um, but. You know, it, it, it you know, and, and you've seen some of my early pieces. They're god-awful. But it's just like the, some of the bulls that the guys turn their first bull, right? It's, they're, it's tough to be good at it at, at the beginning. But what's really interesting is, is 16 years later, it still has my attention, right? So the plates we're making for you, um, they're completely different than anything I would have ever made. I wouldn't have chosen the style to start with until you pointed me in that direction. And yet, I look at them and I think, these are going to be gorgeous, right? And um, you're, I mean, you know, and that's interesting. And was the turning in and of itself, was it tough to do? No. Is it is it hard to get them to come out um, at least somewhat consistently so that they'll, you know, not look out of place? Um because you know anything you do, when you have when you have a change in in wood turning anyway, I always tell the people that I teach, make sure that it's obvious that you did it on purpose, right? You didn't so so that people didn't think that was a, a mistake. And so I, I I don't want these to to look like a mistake on your table. I want them to look like they um, they belong together, and they won't be identical. There's no way for them to be, like you said, but um, they're. I don't know. It, it's is very. There, there are so many things you can do with it, right? So there's that. There's carving. There's burning. There's um, there's um, you know taking a piece of wood that has you know holes in it, and and instead filling those holes with a resin, and you end up with an, an imbe- you know a beautiful effect from that. Um, there's okay. You hollow it this way. You 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 uh, you dig the bowl out that way. You could do like we were talking about earlier, you could do side grain bowls, you can do in grain bowls. And it sounds, I don't know, to the It non- sounds nerdy is what it sounds like. I was like, going to say, to the non-wood turner, to the non-wood <laughs> turner, this is all like, yeah, whatever, right? And I get that, and I get that. But when you do them, uh, and and the different different effects that you get out of them, and, and just the beauty of it, right? Um, it is... Um, it's, I, I, I do find that it is a hobby, uh, whatever you want to call it, an avocation, uh, that, that is – I don't think I'm ever going to lose interest in doing it. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's very fulfilling. And, and, and that's one of the reasons why I was teaching that class at, at the club where you came through is because I want to share this love of wood turning with other people because I – it's it's something that even the most well-known woodturner in the United States is not known. They're just not. And uh, 
because it's not you know it's and I, I suppose that's true for right any current artist right there's it's very difficult to get to um, a level where you could be nationally recognized as an artist while you're alive and and yet what's really interesting was when I came over this morning you were showing me this nesting bowl set which mm-hmm. is just absolutely gorgeous thank um, you it's really beautiful and you know for listen for for anyone out there who is interested in in learning more about Brad and his studio and his work, go to the show notes. Uh, there will be a link to his website so you can check out what he does. And stay tuned for the Convo by Design uh, Tulsa Remote 2022 Design House, which is – I'm going to be calling this the 2022 Design House in 2025 when it's finally done. <laughs> but whatever. It's all good. No, next year we'll change it to 23. But anyway – I digress. Go to the show notes and uh, check out Brad's work. Brad, thanks for doing this. Yeah, no problem. I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm having a great time. And by the way, the best part of this is that you are part of it too. You worked on these bowls too, or these plates too. So. I, I love that. I love that. Design Hardware's newly remodeled showroom is where you will find a gallery-style space with a thoughtful display of products purposefully positioned to allow unbridled exploration and discovery. High-end faucets, luxury tile, natural stone, wood floors, and bespoke hardware selections are presented in a holistic manner, strategically arranged to stimulate creativity and transition your vision from the conceptual stage to a fully realized space. Conveniently located, free parking available, stop by to find your inspiration, collect samples, get expert advice, and tackle everything on your shopping list all in one place. Visit them online at designhardware.com or in the real world, 6053 West 3rd Street in Los Angeles. Thank you, Brad. Love your work. So appreciate this. I cannot wait to share images of this incredible tableware set. A side note, this collection is available for purchase. Not this exact one, but one of your very own or one for your clients. Customized just for your project. Make sure you contact me directly. Message me at Convo by Design with an X on Instagram or email me at Convo by Design at Outlook.com. Thank you to my partners and sponsors, Thermosol, Moya Living, and Design Hardware. You guys make this podcast possible, and I truly appreciate you. You can find direct, uh, direct links to them and to Brad in the show notes, so check that out. Thank you for listening and subscribing to the show. Remember why you do what you do and for whom you do it. I appreciate you. I do this for you. Be well. And until next week, take today first. 